Hey there, you're listening to Your Life is Awesome, brought to you by Enjoy Toys, featuring true life stories about sex told by audience members at Smut Slams around the world. Smut Slam is a growing network of dirty storytelling shows founded in 2011 by me, Cameron Moore. We do our best to keep Smut Slam safe, but safe doesn't mean G-rated. Some of these stories are explicit as fuck. If you're not into that, now is a good time to get out. Otherwise, enjoy the show. Your life is awesome! Your life is awesome! Hey there, and welcome to Your Life is Awesome, the storytelling podcast based on Smut Slam International. Smut Slam is a first-person storytelling open mic where audience members get a chance to come up and tell their own true life stories about sex and lust and relationships. Oh, it gets wild in there. My name is Cameron. I am your host and the founder of Smut Slam. People wonder, what the heck? How does this get started? What even happens at an in-person in the moment Smut Slam as opposed to this podcast? Well, at the shows themselves, We basically encourage people at the door to consider telling a story from our microphone. Some people actually go for it. Yes, they drop their names in the hat at the door. I pull their names out one by one. And what unfolds is truly a magical carpet ride through all the wild, weird stuff that goes on for sex with us. It's it's truly magical. I'm not even exaggerating. We encourage people to tell their stories and they do. I'm particularly excited about this episode because it is our first non-Berlin episode. I should say that most of the material for the past six episodes have been drawn from our Berlin Slam, which has been the, it's it's my home base, and we have been running it even through the first three years of the pandemic. So we have a lot of materials on hand for Berlin. But now that we are going out in the world and doing live shows in other locations again, we're starting to get some more material. Berlin is going to have to keep up. This one is drawn from the January Smut Slam in Copenhagen. All the stories are from there. And it's stories about parties, electrifying gatherings. Uh, Honestly, electrifying gatherings, that's maybe a little bit high flying. Basically, at parties, this rule applies. The more people, the more chances you have for things to go right and get weird. That's what our tellers explored on this particular episode. Let me tell you what's coming up for you. First, we start with my story, the first kink party I ever attended. It did not meet my expectations for a lot of different reasons. The first story involves someone's stage time and jumper cables. You'll just have to listen. I can't tell you more with a summary. Story two is detailing the high that you can get from fisting, no drugs involved. Story number three is a sort of a pre-gaming scenario for a king party taking place at someone's family dinner. I don't know what to tell you. Sometimes things just get booked up on the same day. And then story four takes place at a party involving some missed connections. That's really kind of the sad part of that. I'll leave you to explore what that feels like. In between these stories, you're going to get a chance to hear some fuck buckets. The fuck bucket is, of course, a favorite at Smut Slam, where audience members get a chance to put their anonymous confessions and questions in our fuck bucket. And then I answer them, sometimes with the help of the audience or with our judges. Sometimes I just make a fucking 
split second decree on the situation. So that's what the fuck buckets are. You're going to get a whole bunch of them today. Uh, do listen to the last one in particular, where we talk about tips for making threesomes go well. That's a, a very full episode coming your way right now. So sit down, strap in, and I'll see you on the other side. When I was in college, I was very keen to fit in with the queer community there. Very keen. 20 years old. I felt like I wanted to find my scene. I wanted to find my place. And for the place that I was going to college, what that looked like for the lesbian scene was very specific. I suspect that all scenes are very specific. And where I was at the time that I was, which was 1990, uh, we all had, like, the, the, the uniform was sporty, like sporty dyke. Right. And being tall and big already, not as big as I am now, but like definitely tall and big. um, I was supposed to be super butch. Right. Very butch. Something that I've never really shaken off, clearly. Um, And. And also, oddly, we were like the predominant scene in the town that I was in, that the lesbian scene was very like kink friendly, porn friendly, but not just kink friendly kink aggressive. Like you had to be kinky to be considered in the in scene for this group. Um, and I was, I was coming at it from a disadvantage for starters um, because I grew up Mormon. And so I had a lot of catching up to do on that front. I did catch up on that eventually, but not at the moment. And not only that, but I had joined the lesbian scene. <laughs> Let me put it this way. I became the co-director of the University Gay and Lesbian Alliance before I had had sex with a woman. (laughs) Ambitious. That's what I was. Dedicated, striving, and ambitious. And so I did this. I was in this scene, but I felt like an imposter the whole time anyway. And... And then, like, my co-director in Gala was, like, very kinky, and her whole scene was very kinky. And, and if you ever get a chance to look up the history of queer life, uh, lesbian life, like, look up On Our Backs. It was, a, it, was a, it was a publication of a very specific era, like, porn-friendly feminist lesbians, very much out there. And that was that whole drill. And I was there going, like, okay, <laughs> all right. Um, and I just felt like I should be doing these things. I felt like as the co-director, I should be getting some action. You know, I felt like as a co-director in that town, I I should be going out there and being, being kinky. And I waited and I was just like, okay. And the day that I received my invitation to, to my first kink party, period, but also to this groups, the in-groups kink party. I was so psyched. Like I had arrived. And, and so I went to this party and I, I realized now with this, you know, 30 years later, I realized like, oh man, I had expectations. I had expectations. I was expecting, I think, something a little like this room, actually, uh, very dark with the velvets and the moody lighting and, uh, you know, and, and like furniture, like, like dungeony furniture with people kind of lounging over it in a very sort of like suggestible way, you know, <laughs> like 
okay, I'm going to use this and I know how, right? I was expecting like your stereotypical dungeon, right? And so I showed up at the address where the party was and um, <laughs> it was like, okay, so it was a college town and this was at a college shared apartment, shared house. And this was taking place at two o'clock in the afternoon. That should have been my first key. <laughs> it was like BDSM for tea time, you know, sort of thing. So it was in the afternoon in a shared house in a grungy student house, the kind where there's lots of couches, but no one really vacuums <laughs> crumbs over there in the corner of the living room kind of thing. Ugh. Right. But this is where it was. And because it was like organized by some very political lesbians, it, it, it had the feel already of a workshop, of a demo. Everyone was kind of around the edges of the room, sitting around the edges of the room. And people would take turns being in the middle. And there was like there'd be like demos. Right. So it was less like woo play party and more just like demos, which is fine which is fine. I bet there are some demo leaders in this room tonight, but that's not what I was expecting at this party. I was expecting a big old vaginal free-for-all, and that's not what happened. <laughs> and I was scared because I didn't, I didn't know how to do any of the stuff that they were doing. Right? Someone had brought their little duffel bag full of equipment, and um, don't act like you don't have a duffel bag. <laughs> They brought their duffel bag full of equipment, and I knew none of it. Most of it I had only seen for the first time when they pulled it out of the duffel bag there. But I felt, as the co-director of the Gay and Lesbian Alliance here at this party, that I should, I should participate. I should do something. And so when someone was kneeling, there was a woman kneeling in the, in the middle of the room with her ass bare, and, and I, and, and they were like, someone had pulled out the flogger. I, I said, okay, I'll do that. There's a handle on one end. At least I know what that's supposed to be, right? <laughs> I know which end to grab it on. And so I, I took it and I, and, you know, sw basic standard issue, you know, like suede and black. And it was, you know, I took it by the handle and I, Friends, I was really didn't know what I was doing. Uh, and uh, I, it just kind of, I just, if, if you're scared of doing any impact play already and you don't know what you're doing, flogging is one of the weakest sort of things you can do, right? Because a suede just like diffuses, the little strips just diffuse and it just kind of goes like. <laughs> just splat. It's all, it was just like a leather kind of splat. No, and I did that for like two minutes, feeling weirder and weirder as I went on. And I finally was like, okay, that's enough. That's enough. And I just hit everything, hit everything behind us. Smile, thanks. That was great. And the woman on the floor looked over her shoulder and said, that was great. I'm like, you are so lying. You are lying. And handed it over to whoever was facilitating. And I went back over and sat in the corner of this living room where the crumbs were particularly crummy and felt terrible. And now, of course, I feel joyful and wonderful 
about all the kinky choices that I make and don't make. And, you know, I feel great and I know how to set my boundaries and I know how to say what I want and, and not, and not go after things that I don't want. But back then, I guess not only was that my first play party, but also it was my first encounter with the concept of should. Like as an adult, the concept of should. We know what that is as children, but like as an adult, the concept of should. And what I realized then was like, I am never again going to listen to the should unquestioned. Like if it comes in your mind, something I should do, like it's time to stop and unpack that because it, it doesn't always lead to good things. Sometimes it just leads to sitting in the corner of the room looking at crumbs and no one needs that in their life. Thank you very much. <laughs> I once had virtual sex with a guy who I was playing with in an online game. Now I just want to know what virtual sex, how was that? How was that? Was that like with the goggles on or just text space? You know, how many people have done virtual sex? Yeah. Okay. 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 It's a thing. It's absolutely a thing. I'm also wondering what the game was, right? Cause like Warhammer 40 K doesn't have a lot of, doesn't have a lot of openings for sexy times. Does it? Does it? Does it? I'm not king shaming. I'm just, I feel like it's not part of the game a whole lot. Oh, my partner and I stopped having sex because of chronic illness and it makes me feel fucking sad. Mm. Yeah. Um, just so you know, my policy on fuck buckets is to not offer advice unless they ask for advice. So in those cases, we're just having a, exactly what you did. Okay. Should I do one more? Yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> For the sake of the recording, that was my hand slapping my tits in shock. <laughs> I met my girlfriend on FetLife. Now she is pregnant. <laughs> Correlation does not equal causation. <laughs> don't, don't worry about FetLife, everybody. It's fine. You're not going to get pregnant. You're not going to get pregnant. I mean, you might get pregnant, but you're not going to get pregnant because of fat life. I don't think they've had that update yet, have they? <laughs> the hedonistic picnic. My favorite afternoon ever was an afternoon dedicated to food play with a group of strangers at a, at a sex-positive festival. Warm sun, green grass, naked kinksters, smothering, smothering grapes all over their bodies, gagging on apples, and my boyfriend smacking my butt with a stroke of leek. That is a happy summer day. I love that. Like, because it's always fruit, isn't it? It's always fruit that gets all the attention on the body when a leak is perfect. You know, like it's very strong leaf action going on there. Why not? Why not? Our first storyteller of the evening, Lara from Sex and the System. Give a shout out to my podcast. Okay. I'm easy. Hi. Hi. You're bold. You're bold. I expect, I expect nothing less from podcast people. They're like, yeah, shout out. Do the podcast shout out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Laura, is this your, this is not, you've been to Smut Slime before. No. This is your first time. Yes. Okay. Welcome. You. You're going to help me demonstrate something like okay. one more thing for new folks. Yes. We're going to divide up the room, raise the roof, get the energy, all the vibes up in the room and stirring. And then Laura's going to take it away. Okay. So here we go. Here we go. Oh, yeah. I like it. 
Ooh, yeah. I like it. Keep it nice and loud for Laura. So my wonderful boyfriend has this thing about putting me on a stage. And uh, this is also basically what the story is going to be about. So we went to this king party and also a party that I've never been before. And my boyfriend goes to me and is like, Lara, you want to go on a stage? And I'm like, okay, sure. Sounds fun. So we had this super, super nice setup. Some like rock music live performance playing. I was all dressed up. They put me on a stage with a little choreography planned. And it was like a kind of zombie laboratory Frankenstein theme. So in order to explain you what we do, I will tell you something that usually only my partners and the airport security knows. I have a shit ton of piercings in my pussy. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, picture like big metal rings in my nipples and in my labia. So we had this glorious idea, we're going to attach like jumper cables to them and have like a whole like Frankenstein situation on the stage. So I was super hyped, I was getting my clothes ripped off, he came, I was sitting on this big glorious chair, he came from behind, he was spreading my legs and I was looking in the crowd and that moment I realized, fuck, I cannot see anyone's faces because I have the light in my face, but there's like a hundred people this close to me that can see all up in my business. (laughs) And my second thought to this was, fuck, this is actually really hot. (laughs) And um, this is basically how I discovered that I absolutely love the stage. So to demonstrate, I have to like stand here and wait for you to wave me away. No, but this is... Because since then, I cannot get enough of it. (laughs) Okay, judges, uh, stories do not have a minimum amount of time. So shortness doesn't mean anything. It does mean that I'm going to ask follow-up questions. Not live jumper cables. No. Okay. What kind of show was this? You have to come next time. I can't uh, tell. <laughs> no, no, no. But like, it wasn't a rock show. It was like a kink show, obviously. It was a fetish gathering, a kink, yeah. kink thing. Okay. And this was your first time going up on a stage? Yes. Uh-huh. It was my first time also at that party. Amazing. So not everyone, this is like, this is... You and I are a little bit alike. We kind of throw ourselves at things when we're feeling like maybe like, I don't know what's going on. Sure, let's try it. Yes. Right? Okay. Uh, not every, You don't have to do that. Okay. That is not always like evolutionarily speaking. That's not always the adaptive way to go about it. But, uh, you know, these days there aren't really any saber tooth tigers to worry about. We just throw ourselves on stage instead. Oh. oh. Okay. All right. I love fucking people with my strap on. It's one of the best things I know. However, my legs legs start cramping and I'm out of breath by the time my partner is about to orgasm and I have to stop. How do do I and my plastic dick last longer? Okay, so what I would say, and I am not necessarily, I'm not a fan of like 
exercise for exercise sake, because that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking exercise for functional sake. All right. So if you can do, if you can isolate the movements that you're doing with your, with your strap on and see about like, what are those movements and can I get, get stronger those? That's one thing. You can also fucking stop every now and then it's called edging. All right. (laughs) You get, sorry, can I have the lights on over in this, in this side again, please? I'm not sure. Okay. All right. (laughs) Um, so, so it's called edging. You can definitely stop and take a break and get back into it. Um, you can also have your partner get on top and do some of the work for a change. Lazy bastard that they are. Cowgirl was is not is non gender specific actually as a position. There are lots of posi- there are lots of positions that you can do uh, on top. So you can switch that around and let your partner get all into it. Those are my three suggestions. Anyone else have any strap on uh, strap on? What would you call that weariness? Strap on fatigue. Anybody else have suggestions? I covered it. Great. Let's get on to the next story. Being a Harry Potter fan. I find like something that I'm in Hogwarts and then there is the Muggle world. And, uh, you know, you cannot practice magic uh, in the Muggle world uh, sometimes. Uh, and so that is the thing. That one of the things is like what I like in party is like, you know, when I go back to Muggle world and maybe, you know, I'm there having like a, a cup of coffee in the Monday and they say like, oh, how was uh, so? How was your weekend? And and you're there say, oh yeah, I was dressed as a cop uh, and uh, was uh, like an angel with a strap on and was gagging on it. And Maria Antoinette with a cake was putting the cake on the strap on. And this is what comes in my mind. But <laughs> I cannot say that because first they won't believe me, and uh, second of all, it will be inconvenient. Was practice magic with muggles. But another thing is like that makes me very vulnerable. It's like always when you go back and you don't realize really what happened. Oh, I, I just lost something. But this thing was happening to me that I was in this party having fun. And, uh, you know, then I go back to Margot's life and I'm on my fat life. And I write to, you know, I saw this girl and I said, wow, I would like to get to know her. So wait, I mean, I'm sending a message, you know, nice in a nice, respectful way, of course, and out of curiosity. And she came back very aggressive, saying, oh, yes, I saw you at Kinky Salon, and you were high as fuck. That kind of hurt me, because beside of microdosing because of my PTSD, I've been sober for more than 15 years. And so it was very hurtful. So I said, look, uh, that's very unlikely because, I mean, I've been, uh, I've been sober for, at the time was like, I don't know, 13 years or something. But I mean, uh, so uh, I said, no, no, don't bullshit me. You know, you were, you were so high, you know. Then I start like, uh, and you were, you were in the dance floor, like so high. And then I start. Going back, you know, to the thing. So, oh, now I remember. Was right after I've been feasted. <laughs> and this is the moment when I realize that you don't need drugs when you have an anus. Yeah. 
I, I just feel like we get the best kind of moral of the stories at Smut Slam. Tony, do you have an anus? It's really true. Oh my God. Amazing. Just curious, how does that manifest for people? Not, I don't mean the butt stuff. Like, how does that, how, how does that manifest for people? The people who do like intense clay scenes and kink or whatever. If anybody feels like sharing, like after you've done a thing that is fairly physically rigorous, what does that feel like for you? Like, I'm wondering now, like, what was that person talking about? Like, you were high. Like, doesn't matter. You don't have to answer that. Like, it's one thing with you, but like, how does that manifest for other people? Anybody feel like sharing? Yeah, yeah. So submissive, you're going into like more of a kind of a wilt, sort of a splat, sort of melt. Okay. Yeah. A cuddly thing for an hour just to kind of keep your skin together at that point. Yeah. Right, right. All right. Anybody else? Anybody else? Yeah. Sub drop. Mm-hmm. But a play drop, there can be, yeah. Yes. Crash out. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? How does that feel for you when you're doing the thing? Yeah. Like a soda. Like a soda. Yeah. So you come out of it like feeling like carbonated. Yeah. Like- wow. Yeah. <laughs> Did everyone hear that? And you're like, wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. Amazing. Amazing. So it really varies. And like someone on the outside might be looking at you and going, someone is clearly like, like the sub drop space. And be like, oh my God. They must be totally on drugs or something, but if they don't know, right? Right? Or looking at you carbonated and going, oh my God. Like, <laughs> it all looks like drugs on the outside. Okay. Um, <laughs> I like it more in the butt than the usual place. May I suggest that usual place is, is a weird euphemism for like... <laughs> The fanny. No, I don't know. Like, that's for the Brits. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> um, I like it more in the butt than the usual place. Cool. I told you butt sex was a thing at Smut Slam. I don't know why. Oh. <laughs> I love to see if I can come silently with my partner not knowing in the room next door with an open door. <laughs> You know, like, you can definitely have psychological gags that are almost as effective as, like, physical gags in your mouth. So, um, well done. Well done. My goodness. Oh, shit. So I had sex in the office, which was great, right over at my desk. Two weeks later, my boss suggests we swap desks. Coming up with a reason not to was difficult. (laughs) You mean coming up with a reason you could say out loud to your boss. I'm sorry, there's still some gunk on it from the collage project I was doing. I don't know what to say about that. Okay. What are the sexiest ideas you recommend with a remote-controlled vibrator? Suggestions? Uh, 
Dress them up and then go for a walk in a very public place. Go for a walk in a very public place while one of the person's wearing them. Yeah, yes? Like, so a little bit of public play, okay? Okay. Whoa. Okay. Let me let me rephrase this. So this is like let me this is like a key party, but with remotes, and and additionally you're doing like a poker face contest. So obviously everyone at this party has to buy into this, but like uh, you just gonna dip into the bowl, one person, and then you try to guess who's got it on. That's amazing. I am not taking any further submissions at this time. That wins. That wins. Uh, a couple of years ago, um, I used to frequent some uh, really lovely naked or parties without pants, that you could put it. Um, and uh, this one time, it was actually really nice because this party was going to happen on my birthday. So I thought... What an amazing party to have. Like, I could party without pants on. And the theme was amazing. I dressed up as Pussy Riot. I got my humongous stick on. There's just one problem. My mom wanted to host a family celebration on the same day. Yes. Um, so uh, I did a little bit of uh, math and ethics. And I was like, I could disappoint somebody a lot. Either... All my lovely kinky friends that I actually got to buy tickets for this event and they needed me to get in. Or I could disappoint my mom a lot and not attend my own birthday celebration. So I, uh, I can disappoint everybody a little bit. So I told my friends, I got the pre-party sorted. <laughs> yes. We are going home to my mom before the king party. Yes. So uh, that was actually really exciting because people, they were bringing bags with costumes and all that stuff. And I am not kidding. During the dining table, people were like, so where are you going after? You could see some people being like, yeah, it's a costume party. <laughs> what are you going to get dressed up as? And then suddenly, I am not kidding. All the wigs, the latex boots, kinky thongs was just being shared amongst the table. My, my... My aunt was trying on the wig and being like, oh, this is nice. So, yeah. And then we, we had the dinner. It's really lovely. People dressed up, like lacing their corsets, being like you know, packing their junk in my mom's bathroom. And we went to the king party and it was hilarious warmer. <laughs> I, uh, I can't generally it really is highly family dependent right yeah it on is. The, whether you go to a family birthday gathering pre-gaming for a kink yeah events okay well it depends on your kink i would say it depends on your kink <laughs> <laughs> did i say that as soon as you mention family it gets awkward in a story right but this like sailed right through it yeah 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 okay they were having a good time they were having a good time i want you to take note because first of all we're, we're a regular thing here in Copenhagen, just so you know. Like, the next one is coming up on February 28th. Please put that on your calendar. Everyone's digging it out. Dig out your calendar. Put it on now. Put it on. I see you over there. But in the meantime, there are things happening in cities around the world. And I'm just kind of going to 
practice my breathing because my vocal coach tells me that when I get excited, my, my air starts coming up through here rather than here. Um, apparently, you're supposed to breathe through your cunt or... or <laughs> Or like this, so like you're supposed to like focus on like the deepest part of your body and just breathe out that way, right? So, okay. So I just want to share with you because you may have friends in some of these cities and you could tell them about Smut Slam. So we have slams in Berlin, Leipzig, Heidelberg, Mannheim, Dresden. We're doing one in Hamburg on February 16th. Frankfurt. Köln is coming up in mid-March. There's slams happening in Amsterdam in mid-March, Cardiff at the end of April, Edinburgh sometime very soon, Barcelona sometimes very soon, Tel Aviv has a regular slam that's starting up again after the break. In North America, we have slams in Boston, D.C., Winnipeg, Victoria, Vancouver, soon-to-be Ottawa, and Toronto as well. Exactly. So I just do the European ones, but that's a big fucking chunk as it is. You want to let your people know. Tell them that Smut Slam is coming for them. Smut Slam, go to to the directory. Go to the directory at smutslam.com. There's a directory. I try to keep it up to date, but stuff just keeps happening. And uh, the other thing you can do if you know people in places who are kind of in the general vicinity, I'm all about going into the hard places, you know? And making them go for it. Okay, so if you know people in other places and cities larger than 200 or 250,000 who you think they could use a Smut Slam, I bet they could do it. Come talk to me or write to me, okay? So Smut Slam Network can grow and you can help make it so. Thank you. Okay. I have a very strong sense of mission about this. You can, you can take the girl out of the Mormons, but you can't take the Mormonism out of the girl. That's all that is. <laughs> this kind of intersects with this a little bit. Using old leather-bound Bibles as a spanking tool <laughs> really tickles my inner bookworm and my inner heathen in a very blasphemous way. I think it's useful. I think it's super useful. Yeah. It was quite some time until I realized that I also want and need aftercare after I top someone. I want cuddles and hugs. We definitely, there's a culture that like, as as a super bottomy bottom, I love the aftercare, but I also recognize that like, Tops are putting a lot of energy into it. So you may not be, if you're being topped by someone, you may not have the energy right afterwards, but you should build into the the relationship or the encounter some space for the top to get out of it. Because it's a tough one. That's a tough one. So um, a while back, I went to this um, king party. And um, obviously I wasn't dressed very much. Um, I'm actually very shy. You might not see it, but I'm a socially very awkward, introverted, and uh, shy. So uh, dressing up for these parties can be quite, um, feels like a lot. So I went to this party, and I felt really nice, and I felt really sexy, but yeah, I kind of have to sort of get into the vibe of the party and sort of land it, and that could take a while sometimes. And uh, I was feeling quite awkward and didn't know what to do with myself. So I was, I was like, I'm going to go to the toilet and pee and like sort of 
do that and then see if I can sort of land a little bit. And in the toilet queue sort of line, there was a, I met this girl and she was uh, very attractive and she was like sort of chatting me up a little bit. At least I thought so. And she was saying, no, 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 don't, don't worry. Don't worry. Um, that was at least the vibe I was getting. And, um, I didn't really know what to say, so I got really awkward and kind of sort of like, okay, that's, I'm going to go over here. And uh, I kind of I sort of um, regretted that afterward. I felt like I should talk to her more because she was really nice. And then I was at dance floor a little bit, and then they had this sort of, sort of bridge on top of the party where you could sort of, you could oversee the party and you can stand up there and just look a little bit. And I saw her up there. Uh, standing alone and I thought maybe this is a good time to maybe just go talk to her uh, so I was kind of working myself up going up the stairs slowly and trying to like get a little bit of confidence to you know s- see what I was supposed to say and then I get up there and she's like she's like leaning <laughs> over the fence and she's like really looking very good and then I get up there and I see the reason why she's leaning is because someone's uh, eating her ass <laughs> like Okay, so maybe now is not a good time. So, so I didn't I didn't talk to her anymore. So, but I guess the moral of the story is that uh, either way, how people look, they might get their ass eaten at any time. Random sky bridge ass eating. <laughs> That's what we all want in life. That could have been you eating her ass. That could have been you eating her ass. <laughs> you, know, you could have stood there and said, like, oh, nice. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Wait, what kind of party was this? Was this a play party or not necessarily? It was a play party. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Well, I mean, not always, obviously. Ass gets eaten everywhere. I don't know. Um, sometimes you need a little snack. Yum. Oh, I have a fur fetish. I love, love, love my boyfriend's hairy chest and back, but I keep dreaming of a feline partner with the softest hair all over their body. Uh, for this person, don't shout out when I tell you this, but like for anybody who's got that furry chest fetish, like has everyone like seen uh, Roy, the Roy Kent character in Ted Lasso? Yeah. Yes, right? I just want to go in like a shag rug. Oh, man. Oh, fuck. Right. Okay. Uh, opening it up to the crowd because crowdsource information at Smut Slams is always entertaining, if not fact-based. Um Sometimes I worry about consent during moresomes, moresomes being threesomes and more. Uh, what are some good tips to ensure that everyone is into it and consenting? Thanks for your time. Smiley face. Okay, you're welcome. Let's spend a sh- couple minutes on this. What are some tips? I'm not sure of the nature of their concern around consent. Um, what about those moresomes is, is problematic in that regard? And maybe that people sometimes get brought into them or dragged into them without fully kind of being into it. Tips for making sure those morsums are like fully. Yeah, we got some already. Christian. Ask if they're okay. okay. And I want to remind you at a certain point, you have to accept what people say. 
You cannot second guess them. It's kind of on people to say what they mean and mean what they say because we are grown-ups. And if everyone's at the same basic linguistic level in the language that's being used, you have to accept that you cannot second guess or try to psych people out. I mean, you can be careful and cautious about other people, but when they say what they want, you have to say, okay. And then as you're going through it, you'll get a sense of the vibe and you can stop at any point. But going into it, you kind of have to accept, yes. Yeah, to interrupt. And I want to point out if you're sitting there going like, oh, I don't know how to ask it in a sexy way. Like asking for consent, however many people you're doing something with, you can, you can do, it's hot. And you can also ask in a way that's like, I just want to check in. You don't need to ask like, uh, can we just stop and get a consent check? I mean, maybe you want to do it that explicitly, but like sometimes you can just be like, how's this feeling for you? It's good enough. And it sounds kind of 70s sexy, in my opinion. How's that feeling? How's that feeling for you? Uh, we got one over here. Okay, so I'm just going to stop and interpret for the recording here because it's not going to pick up what you said. So instead of asking, um, instead of saying like, or like, what are your bound, asking what are your boundaries or what are you this? Because boundaries, it's abstract. You want to know concretely what might, what are some, how do you, and you may not know these answers for yourself, but you know, you might like how do you know when things are, how do you express what, how does you? how does it manifest in you when things are going good for you? What do you look like? What do you, what sounds do you make? And how does it manifest when things are going badly? Do you freeze up? Do you, do you, does your voice change? Does you, you know, do you start to sweat funny? You know, uh, stop. If you're feeling really dubious, like, like, don't like go like, ah, like, but just like say, I'm going to take a breather. I'm going to take a breather right now. I want to take a break right now. And let's just recenter to be seventies about it. Like to be really reground, like take, like you want to, you don't, you don't, it's okay to misjudge in the one direction. And it feels like shit to misjudge in the other direction on this sort of thing. If you're really not sure, step back. Yeah. Believe me, if you're like, oh, no, no, I had something to say. We talk about stuff like this at Smut Slam all the time. So, like, you, you'll get a chance to say more about your morsums. Um, good answers, everyone. Well done. Well done. Hey, now. Thanks for listening in. Woo! Ride that roller coaster. I want to give special thanks for this time around to, first of all, our new venue in Copenhagen, Rosa. And if you don't speak Danish, you almost certainly don't know how that's spelled. I'm pretty sure that's the way it's pronounced. Anyway, it's our new venue there in in uh, in Copenhagen. It's super exciting. Want to thank our sponsor there in Copenhagen, Demask. It is uh, the premier fetish store in Copenhagen and perhaps all around Denmark. I also want to particularly thank the support team there, the the crew, the kind of core of my people helping me in Copenhagen. That would be um, Anna, Anya. And Stevie T, thanks to you folks. It's 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 live, it's well, and we are bringing Smut Slam back to Copenhagen. I already talked about the various locations where Smut Slam happens in the middle of this episode. So if you need to make a list, you can go back and listen or check out our Smut Slam directory at smutslam.com slash directory. It's as simple as that. But I do want to give you some dates to put in your calendar just in case. On February 14th, our host Didi Brassier is bringing Smut Slam to Winnipeg. On February 16th, I'm taking a trip out to Hamburg. 
February 20th, we're doing the home team here in Berlin. February 21st, I'm taking the taking it on the road up to Leipzig. And then on February 28th, I'm back in Copenhagen. I cannot fucking wait for that to happen. If you need anything else, uh, you should make sure to check out our website, smutslam.com. Uh, I'm thinking about other things. Sometimes people really dig my style. So if you want to keep an eye on the work that I'm doing, Follow me on Facebook, first of all. I'm an old fart, so that's where I do a lot of my posting and updates. You can, if you are in the Berlin area, I'm hosting Mindfuck on February 13th in Berlin. It's sold out, but you should keep an eye out for the April date. And then definitely look for a showing of Muse. That is my life drawing plus storytelling show happening in April. I want to wrap up by reminding you about confetti.eu that's k-o-n-f-e-t-t-i-e.eu they've been our sponsor for the last few episodes they're sponsoring us for a few more we're super excited to be in partnership with them because it is an online platform right online platform featuring indie makers of quality sex toy products let me say it again online that means you can check out their stuff and order it from wherever you are like like smutty and sexy stuff should be available wherever you are and confetti really makes that happen so that makes it especially wonderful and appropriate that they not only support our podcast which goes everywhere the internet is but also they are putting product on the prize tables of smut slams around europe where we just don't have local sponsors that are really up to our standards, right? Uh, it's in Leipzig, Heidelberg, Mannheim, places where we can't find local sponsors to, to really, you know, that really support sex positivity. We know that Confetti has our back. So show some love to them too. Confetti.eu, that's K-O-N-F-E-T-T-I-E.eu, bringing accessible, awesome sex toys to you everywhere you are. Make sure that when you go to that website, you use the SmutSlam20 discount code and get 20% off just for listening to the podcast and showing love to Confetti. Thanks for listening again, folks. We'll see you again for the next episode. In the meantime, remember, your life is awesome. This has been Your Life is Awesome, a story podcast from SmutSlam with Cameron Moore. Produced by me, Mark Seestedt. Music by Sticky Biscuits. A huge thank you to all storytellers featured. All stories are being shared with permission. Thanks also to Enjoy Toys, makers of deluxe stainless steel instruments of pleasure, for continually supporting SmutSlam. Find them at enjoytoys.com. If you want to help us make more of these, plus get access to longer episodes and other bonus material, please join our Patreon at patreon.com. Your life is awesome. If that's not in the cards right now, you can also help by rating and reviewing this show. Look for that option in your podcast app. We might read out some reviews on a future episode. Got a question for Cameron? Write or send a voice recording to smutslampodcast at gmail.com. This too might be featured on the podcast. And if you want to find out more about SmutSlam and the code of conduct we use in the shows, go to smutslam.com. All links mentioned can be found in the podcast info. Thanks for listening. <laughs>